Are you ready? Yeah. Angela Bassett did the thing. Viola Davis, my woman king. Blanchett Kate, you're a genius. And Jamie Lee, you are all of us. So anyway, um, our opening tangent may or may not be... Uh, why are you that? looking? Wait, you haven't seen no. Ariana DeBose's BAFTAs rap? No, I have not. Oh my God. Anything that you... You cannot... You cannot underestimate that you are my just knowledge of pop culture or current it. events. Okay, well, our our friend, our dear sweet friend, our our confidant, our pal Andrea Debose, who we all remember and we have to talk about on this podcast from famously the prom. Okay, um, who, who in she, the prom? She was Alyssa Green in the prom. Yeah, I've I've done a lot of. She was one of the young work. girls. I've done a lot of work to suppress that. She was one memory. of the young girls. She was also Anita in West Side Story. Um, but she she did a rap at the beginning of the BAFTAs. Oh. And it was poorly received. Oh. Because, okay, my conspiracy theory is that she is, at the time of recording, at the time of filming and, like, doing the performance, she is very ill. Oh. Like, she has, like, a flu or something, and they've pumped her full of medication oh. so that she can get through this, like, performance. Oh, no. But the whole thing is shot truly wildly so that it's in a theater the BAFTAs and for some reason everything she is doing has been like choreographed so that it's towards the camera but the camera is like completely opposite direction from the stage like she's like facing the she's like back to the audience for half of it and so it's this rap of all the female nominees from all the different categories but it's just like their names it's really strange it's like it's (laughs) it's incredible it's so good She's giving 110%. Like, it starts with a medley of, like, sisters are doing it for themselves and we are family. And then it goes into this wild rap where it's like, Anna, girl, you were great and blonde. Like, it's, like, (laughs) incredible. It's so good. And then she ends with we are family at the end and sisters are doing it for themselves. And she's like, get on everybody and sing. And she's like, get up, everybody. And everyone is seated. It's so good. (laughs) But the, the thing that absolutely destroys the whole thing is that, all of the actresses and like like costume people, costume queen, can you fix the zip? An actual line from this rap. Oh. Um, <laughs> all of the cameras are like in these people's faces. Uh. <laughs> and so it keeps panning to like Kate Blanchett, who's like, like unknowing, like, that's me. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Oh, it's so good. It's oh, wow. so good. And the only person who seems to be having a wonderful time, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Always having a wonderful Jamie time. Jamie Lee Curtis is like, yeah, I love this. Amazing. It's so good. Anyway, that's something that I would absolutely recommend that you I'll have to check for. it out. And listeners, Meredith, you sh- you sh- you'll have to check that out. Too. They know. Okay. They already know. Okay. If they're the Meredith that I choose to believe in the world. Season 5, episode 15, Dark Frontier, Dark Frontier. Yeah. parts 1 and 2. Um, Let's just acknowledge. It's a full movie. This is a feature-length <laughs> film. The one it after our, our brief hiatus yeah. <laughs> is a full two episodes long. Let's just acknowledge our brief hiatus. Oh, yeah. Um, I was preceded sick. by yes. So Sam has been unwell. She's feeling much better. I report for her. Thank you. <laughs> um, we had a little bit of a hiatus prior to that. I was really lagging behind on the social meds. Uh, they don't I'll come here for up. the social meds. They come yeah. here for us ta- for women talking. Yeah, about hmm. uh, <laughs> about our our interests and pop culture, and you know, occasionally seven oh nine. But here we are. We're back this yeah. week. We're back on a. We're we're start. We're restarting the fortnightly schedule. We're doing it every two weeks. At some point, we're doing that bonus episode. But let's not worry about that let's right now. Never do. Let's like keep promising it, but never deliver. No, the way that you genuinely don't want to do it spurs me on so much. Wow. <laughs> And that's what friendship is. But yeah, here we are back on back on the horse. We're gonna we're gonna get some uh we're gonna get some pre recording in the can. Wow, we're gonna, we're gonna bank gonna, it. We're gonna get on top of it. Where it's gonna be just like February twenty twenty, where we have <laughs> at least six episodes ready to go and then the entire world shuts down for Oh, two don't years. say that. Don't say that. <laughs> but it'll be like a good time capsule as to Yeah the world in which we uh, live. Well anyway, um yeah. We'll be so. like, do you wanna go to the range? And you'll be like, Yeah. 
I don't like this narrative that you're constructing that in a few weeks time we're not going to be able to leave our houses again this is this is coming from a dark place inside your brain I will winter madness famously has got me by the throat and is dragging me through the snow can you say on the pod why your Welsh class is online for a month because this is this is what we're talking about beforehand it's with Wales it's because it's with National Theatre Wales and so they're doing a production in Swansea so nobody's in the office okay all right. So, yeah, we were talking before that um, your usual weekly leaving the house appointment is for a month online. And yeah. this is um, difficult. And I, I sympathize. <laughs> this is going to lead to me being a little bit cuckoo. <laughs> Just a little bit bananas. The sun anyway. is shining. It's not. The sun will be shining. Maybe sometimes oh, tomorrow the sun will be shining. Anyway, the board or whatever. <laughs> we got a, we're six minutes into this. And it's an hour and a half episode of Voyager. So yeah, we gotta, get, we'll get, we gotta get to it. There's a lot of doing things and whatever. Yeah. Anyway, the Borg Sea Voyager. Um, and it's like a little Borg shuttle and Voyager is like, it's like pew pew pew. And they like <laughs> beam aboard, Voyager beams aboard a photon torpedo. And then it explodes next to the power matrix and then everything explodes and they have to like salvage everything. Um, and then, and then Janeway is like, um, salvage, <laughs> begin the salvage operation. I'm feeling lucky today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Trans warp coral. Are you sure it's not just a phase? <laughs> I'm Sam Hickman. <laughs> and zoom. Zoom. I'm Cat Deerfield. What? <laughs> and this is. Wimp talking about Star Trek Voyager. It's Cat and it's Sam. They are two friends. Women, Women talking about Star Trek Voyager. It's time that we start the show. What? <laughs> That's what little baby Annika Hansen is saying while she's moving the Borg cube around. Wow. But, but what it sounds like is as though I was just sort of haunting you with the specter of virtual <laughs> meetings. I'm like, oh no, Microsoft Teams. <laughs> uh, anyway, in Cargo Bay 2, um, they're salvaging or whatever. There's a ball. Yeah. Nobody knows what it is or what it does. <laughs> it was crawling around the floor. <laughs> Something balls rarely do. Oh, honey. <laughs> um, they think it's an auto regeneration unit. Um, they're try they're tired of turning and running when the Borg are there and Janeway is fiddling with her comm badge. And then the doctor finds like a big arm thing and he's like, I love this big arm thing with the pincers. <laughs> He's so excited. Belana and Seven are in the corner kissing or something. <laughs> this is a very non-shippy Belana and Seven episode. Um, I, I'm just gonna say this up front. I do think this is a very good episode. Mm. And I might but you would have called it like Seven's two moms, Seven's three moms, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, I mean that is. I mean that basically is the title of the episode. Trois no, I am going to warn you now, Sam, that oui? at the end of this recording, I am going to make you listen to my theory about a queer reading of this episode that no one is going to like. But anyway, oh. setting that aside. Oh, boy. I know you're so welcome. You can leave. You can make yourself a cup of tea. I'll just I'll just opine to the Meredith. Oh, wow. Who also won't care. I'll make it brief because I think someone, I might. Someone, hey, I might someone actually will. write it. Um, They've come so... along on this journey with us thus far. <laughs> they knew what they were getting into. Some of you were here for that one episode where I talked for a long time about academic stuff. Anyway. Um, no, but what I wanted to say is this is going to be controversial in a different way. I think that okay. a lot of the characterization, not Seven so much, but I think a lot of the other characters' characterization in this episode is pretty far out of character. Yes. Okay. I'm yes. glad it's not just I me. thought this was written by someone completely different. Like, I truly was like, this has got to be a dream. She's got to wake up at yeah. some point. Because I thought, everyone is... Yeah. Like, it's... It's a heist episode. Yeah. It's Everyone's a heist like, episode. you son of a bitch, I'm in. Like, And the way that Janeway is just like, looting time, and then everyone looks worried. But then no one, that didn't circle around. Like, it, everyone's in the, in the cold open. This? Joe Mendoski and Brandon oh. Braga. Brandon Braga famously is the seven writer. And oh. <laughs> he was dating Jerry Ryan. Um, but wow. also, there's just a lot of drama. I'm going to read, I'm going to read something. Okay. 
So um, this is an excerpt from Ron D. Moore. Uh, he gave an interview shortly after leaving his work on Star Trek Voyager in 2000. Uh, this was posted on Amicably t- or acrimoniously? I don't actually know, to be honest. But this this was posted on my Tumblr. My big words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> Um, this is posted on Tumblr by Trill Science Officer. Um, so this is Ron D. Moore. I'll repost this on Witastava at Tumblr. That's not how Tumblr works. <laughs> uh, just look for Witastava on Tumblr. Uh, okay, so this is Ron D. Moore. There is a cynicism about Star Trek Voyager that truly troubles me. We loved Deep Space Nine. We loved the show. We loved all the characters. There are actors that always give you trouble, but um, and there are always times when the producers and actors are sometimes at each other because quote, you don't understand my character, quote, no, you don't understand the character I'm writing. That's fair game. On Voyager, there are characters they have given up on. They will just say that to you flat out. I started asking questions about Bolana, who she is. I was saying, I'm having a little trouble watching episodes and getting a handle on her and what she's about. The response was, we don't have an idea. The past doesn't matter. Just do whatever you want. What are you talking about? How can you give up on your own show? How do you give up on your characters? There is such a cynicism about the show within the people that do the show. I'm not just talking about the writing staff. It permeates the production. <gasps> wow. Yeah. He also, he went on to say that he thought that the Voyager cast was the best actors of any, like it was the best cast of any Star Trek series. I think he might be right about that. I, <laughs> I think that, yeah. So it's it's like, he, well, he was trying, I think what he was saying there was that he's not criticizing the actors for it. It's just like yeah. there was a lack of investment in developing Vision. the characters. Well, yeah. I mean, they are famously five years into a television series. Yeah, but... Where they have to crank out like 30 episodes a year. It really strikes me because I am still finishing off my watch through of DS9 mm. and the difference in terms of like, I mean, there's there's definitely inconsistency and there's definitely wild changes in direction for characters in DS9 over the course of, you know, 26 episode series, seven of them. But it does feel like they were putting a lot more into having consistent characterization mm. and at least like an idea and things changed over the course of the show. But I mean, to say like they'd given up on Bellana Torres really feels like it when we watch it. Like, yeah. it's just like they, they she gets a couple of episodes with amazing character development and then... Like nothing. And in this episode, the way that she is about Seven, I just thought, this is not consistent with the way that they've been interacting with each other. They, they've been built. This is the sort of thing that I get really mad about. And I sort of like joke about it being a shipping thing, but it, it they should have been friends because not because I want they them to so be friends. They have so much in common. They have so much in common. And then they have these interactions where they explore that. And they have these interactions where they have real emotional connections. And then the show just pre- like pretends that it didn't happen, forgets that it happened. They're just antagonizing each other in a really straightforward and boring way sometimes. Like in this episode, Lilana just straight up doesn't care about Seven. Like she's just like, I don't care about her. She's gone. She's a fucking Borg. Like, meh. <laughs> just like, what is this? This is yeah. not how they talk about or to each other more recently than, the you know. And, and it's the same thing. We're, we're coming up on the scene where Tom and Harry are like cheersing to killing a bunch of Borg, which again is like not in character. <laughs> yeah, it's... And then Tom says all that about like we we well we did him a favor by killing them. It's like what the fuck is this? This is not how these people talk. It's what is happening? The most and like unstarfleet this show has ever gotten. Yeah, this episode yeah. like it just it doesn't make it's you're watching a completely different television show yes. for a single episode. Yes, absolutely. I I'm so pleased it wasn't just me because I was a little bit afraid that I'm just like wrapped up in my own headcanon. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, oh, they're trying to, like, reintroduce the show mid-series oh, to, like, maybe. people who haven't yeah, watched that... it before. Like, is this, like... Maybe. Maybe. But, yeah, so that's... I'll, I'll leave it there, but, yeah, I just... I think there's a lot of, like, weirdly out-of-character stuff here for everyone but Seven. <laughs> anyway, they got a data probe... Um, they got some data from the probe and um, Janeway wants to Ocean's 8 the Borg orb. <laughs> yes. This episode is Ocean's 8. In the in the conference room, uh, nobody ever broke into Fort Knox. They're going to steal a transwarp coil. It's a heist. They're doing a heist. A caper. A romp. A silly, goofy time for the girls. <laughs> 
in Janeway's ready room. <laughs> Janeway opens this scene by saying, I was hoping you'd be a little bit more vocal. And that's Janeway 7 fanfic. <laughs> yeah, I that line. Come on. What? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Seven's parents were studying the Borg and she has all their logs. So she asks, Janeway asks Seven to look through all of them to get some details. It's um, just so rough. And Janeway is so unsympathetic. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. It's very strangely written, though. Oh, I yeah. think we just have to accept that this this episode, not canon. Yeah. I, it's, We're scratching it. Threshold had more, more depth to yes. this show. Uh, well, it had more consistency with previous it characterization than this show. Tom yeah. has daddy issues. <laughs> Tom is daddy issues. <laughs> Tom is daddy. <laughs> no, wait, no. Tom is baby bangs. <laughs> We can't. Okay. It's a secret. <laughs> we'll reveal that in a few weeks' time. <laughs> in several months. <laughs> anyway, um, Cargo Bay, Seven and Neelix. Neelix brings all of her parents' records, and Seven like goes through them, and Neelix is like, oh, my goodness, my dead sister, Arachnia. She's a spider or whatever. <laughs> I had some wine while watching this, so my notes get a little whiny. Um... There's a flashback, warm nights, almost <laughs> left behind... Uh, put down the cue, Muffin. It's not a toy. Daddy wants to talk to you. Uh, what's the worst pet name you've ever been called? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, I my <laughs> my dad did call me Kathy Poo when I was a child. <laughs> was that an intentional reaction? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I really hated it. And Kathy only Pooh. I say a child. He he did that to me to wind me up when I was a teenager. That's uh, funny. What about you? That's dad antagonism. <laughs> yeah. Um, the worst thing I've ever been called uh, that wasn't a slur is um, <laughs> pop it. Oh, wow. Disgusting. Wow. A fully grown man. <laughs> oh, no. Said pop it. Oh, like, this, wasn't, this wasn't like an elderly relative? Nope. Oh. No. This was a man under 30. Nope. Oh, no, 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 no. Disgusting. No, 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 no. Disgusting. <laughs> no. Anyway, Seven's dad <laughs> is hot, and I refuse to explain <laughs> anymore. Um, they're just trying to study the Borg. Um, and once again, we are reminded that um, Starfleet uses dilithium instead of an actual renewable fuel. Mm-hmm. Seems like a weird choice. They find a Borg cube, gasp, um, and they have a theory that the Borg ignore people unless they're a threat or a target. Mm-hmm. Um, also, why would you bring a child along for this? I have written... The absolute insanity of taking a child on this mission. I feel like they were not doing well to begin with, and the entire the entire process they're not doing well. No, I, every choice they make is they're doing it for science. Wall, like just should I? <laughs> is that yes? I, it was a weird phrase. Balls to the wall. Yeah. You mean sphere to the sphere to, to the, the rear. bulkhead. <laughs> I still have looked up what a bulkhead is. Bulkhead. They're like the they're like the chunky bits. Yeah. On the ship. They're like okay. the chunk. You know, the bulkheads <laughs> that you would hit your head on. <laughs> Meanwhile, they arrive at the um dilapidated Borg sphere that they're gonna heist. Um, <laughs> and they they don't have a transwarp shield or weapons, so they're like, perfect, we'll get in and get out. They're doing round the clock simulations for the heist. And then they do a simulation for the heist. Um, and the Borg are just kind of cool with them, which is weird. Mm. Um, I feel like it's been explained that you can wander around a Borg ship without like yeah. them being weird about it. But um, also, like, why do they have guns? Yeah. Like, a big stick would make more sense. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Big s- wire cutters. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that much would be good. just get like a little snip, snip. 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 <laughs> a little snip, snip. Also, it's like they do the they do the heist or whatever. There's no real twist in this heist simulation. Yeah. So like, what's the point? Um, and also, they walk very slowly. They're carrying rifles, and they're like twelve seconds too slow. Like, yeah, just walk faster. Just have a big stick. Just babe. walk faster. Oh, anyway. I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah. You don't have to carry a full rifle no. if you can only use it once. Yeah, <laughs> one time. No. Um, why are they not just like beaming them out from anywhere? I'm sure it's explained, but it's also like. Oh, I mean, that's just it doesn't standard, matter. Anyway, standard Star Trek hand waving. The, the transporter works how it needs to work for the plot. <laughs> yeah, phasers are magic and the transporter Phasers works are... how it needs to work for the plot. Yeah. 
Um, and they have like a, a full full disaster in the holodeck. And mm. afterwards, um, in the hallway, Sev- Janeway is like, Seven, are you going to be weird because you're like a Borg? I just, oh, again, so like weird. what? That's so weird. What? Janeway usually, I mean, Janeway there's is a... tact. Yes, there's Janeway tact, has tact and emotional there's... intelligence. Yeah. And Janeway has her flaws, Decent but she reasoning is for why she's kind saying and reasonable. And this, I mean, her behavior throughout this episode, I also was like, is this going to be a dream? Is What is happening? Mm. Uh, yeah, it was really weird. This is a really weird episode. That's probably why neither of us remember it. Yeah, <laughs> it is funny. I don't remember this episode very well at all. I remember the, the end. Best. I remember the end of the episode. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um... In the cargo bay, Naomi comes in because she couldn't sleep. She had a bad dream. What was the worst dream you've had recently? Oh, I don't know about recently. Um, I don't have bad dreams very much. I feel very lucky. What was your... That's good. I had one last week. I cannot... I woke up and I was like, oh, that was fabulous. (laughs) Um, It did end, I believe, with me crying on top of my um, husband's broken body. But I did wake up and I was like, oh, a narrative. (laughs) Um, so that was nice. Um, Seven has a Borg nightmare. Yeah. Um, and they're like, hey, um, we're going to make you an offer you can't Can I just say that, um, Naomi, is Scarlet Palmer's her name? I've written Scarlet Palmer's, but I feel like that might be misspelled. And Um, and and Arnold Palmer, the drink? (laughs) No. I love an Arnold Palmer. What is in an Arnold Palmer? It is Palmer? half iced tea and half lemonade. Oh. It's so nice. You can get it at Shake Shack. That's the wow. only place you can get it here that I'm aware of. I mean, you, you can, can probably make, make it. it. Yeah, I have made it um, when I've made proper lemonade. Anyway, I love Arnold an Arnold Palmer. Palmer. I love an Arnold Palmer. The the, the way to my heart is, is through an Arnold, wow. Arnold Palmer. Um, no, and so... the way to my heart? Cash. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to say that the actor who plays Through Naomi Wilder, my chest. <laughs> um, just a really good actor. Just yeah, really good we acting. Know you love this actress. All right. <laughs> you say it every time Naomi Wilder has an episode. You're like, so I'm, what? I'm always surprised <laughs> that this child actor isn't pissing me off. Yeah, I get. What's, what's the problem? <laughs> I we're getting to the point of the episode where we're both getting pissy at each other, <laughs> and we have so much more to go because this is yeah. a double length episode. Anyway, right, I'm going to shut up like, and let you do plot summary. Rejoin and hope you don't the choke. collective. <laughs> um, rejoin the collective, and we'll spare the opposite. The um, the Voyager crew, which is kind of the opposite of like the Borg and Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, another flashback. Seven's parents are documenting, and they have a bio dampener so they can camouflage themselves on the ship in sick bay. They ask the doctor to make one, um, and Seven is like, "I literally have no choice but to Borg." Um, and then in the ready room, Seven is going to be on the bridge and Bolana is in. Seven is out. Uh, I've made my decision. Shantae, you stay. <laughs> um, meanwhile, there is a Borg fever dream and they are, um, they're, they're Borg. They're Borging about. They're Borging about. And we're on the ship and they're doing the, the, the heist. There is a shuttle. This is the heist now. Mm. They intentionally sent a shuttle just to get Borged. Yeah. They yeah. are never afraid to lose a shuttle no, on this show. No, they sure are not. <laughs> uh, while the shields are down, they're doing the heist. They do the heist, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Seven is like, I'm I'm on the team. Um, and then again, they like shoot someone with their rifle and they get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes mm. once in a lifetime, yo. Eminem. <laughs> um, Mom's spaghetti. Um, they do the heist or whatever. Um, and Seven is like, I intend to rejoin the collective. And Janeway is like, I'm not leaving without you. Or as Celine Dion would say in Eurovision, ne passez pas sans moi. Um, we're planning on doing that one for our choir concert for the songbirds. Oh. Um, anyway, um, did you know Celine Dion did a Eurovision entrance one Eurovision when she was like 15 or something? Oh, maybe I did know this. Oh. Was it for Canada or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, France? no. Canada isn't in Eurovision. What is wrong France. with me? For France, I believe. Uh, I apologize to um, Eurovision fans. Among anyway, our for that. Um, they carry tired. Us. Oh boy, the heist isn't going good. They trans warp out of there. Gasp. Um, and Seven is taken to their leader. 
So they go to Borgsville, New Borgstown, Borgtopia. Um, a dystopia around our Borg ship. Um, <laughs> and she's off to see the queen. Um, and as soon as the queen appeared, I said, oh, this is how they know each other. They were awful familiar in Picard season two. And I didn't know why. <laughs> to know each other they know each other this is how they know each other this is how they know each other it all makes sense now the cgi borg body is bad it's not great it's not terrible Mm. i did have the very strong feeling that i was watching a video game cutscene. it Mm. has a real video game cutscene vibe like no shadows (laughs) yeah um (laughs) real smooth real Mm. very much a different frame rate wrinkle free yeah Uh, but uh, I didn't think it was too bad given given the era. Yeah, we've seen worse. <laughs> uh, the Borg Queen is slay. She is mother, mm. um, and she's like, "Welcome home." And there's an act break, and I go get more wine. <laughs> there's no ads. There's an act break though. Oh, act. Like, I thought you said ad a break. Blackout, You're and right. then we there come an back. Act break. And the Borg Queen reads her for filth. She's like, mm-hmm. "Look at you all gussied up like a human." And then Seven is, like, sassy back, and they have a whole thing. Um, she was a Borg plant, is what we learn. They yeah, were like, we wild. actually sent you to live among the humans, be part of their world. Um, <clears throat> uh, where am I? Um, we've adapted an alcove just for you. Has anyone ever adapted an alcove just for you? I'm so sorry. I was reading a text message. Ooh, what did you anything say? Anything fun? No. Uh, well, um, yeah. Uh, just just updates on what we're doing in my Hebrew class tonight, which I'm very stressed about because I'm very far behind. Oh, no. <laughs> it's fine. I, uh, I don't think that I'm prioritizing learning Hebrew in my life, but I'm doing it as part of doing my adult bat mitzvah. Anyway, what was your question? Sorry. Anyway, um, it was, has anyone adapted an alcove just for you? Um, actually, uh, sickeningly, sort of, yes. Uh, Rob has put some shelves in an alcove in our bedroom for me to put some stuff on. So, so romantic. So romantic. Wow. And I can't even get a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing stuff on Voyager and Janeway's ready room. Naomi Wildman comes in and is like, I have a proposal plan for rescuing seven. Um, and then they get like a sensor log and they figure out that Seven um was having like um a full conversations with the Borg Queen. Yeah. Um and they try and figure it out. Meanwhile, back in Borgtopia, um <clears throat> they like upped her eyebrow her eye stuff or whatever and, and like why do they need to see good? Like it's dark. Like I get it, <laughs> but like anyway, um they need Seven to take humanity because she's the only independent Borg. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're going to assimilate some people or whatever. And um, I- I'm going to drink some rosé. Um, that's just a note from last night. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the flashback, um, they have a full on Borg on board um, from Unimatrix 1. Ooh, the queen. Um and why isn't Seven's mother also the Borg Queen? This is a real question that I'm asking. Like, she's not the original Borg Queen actress. She is a, no. a new actress they are introducing as part of Voyager. Yeah. Why is it not her literal mother being assimilated and turned into the Borg Queen? That would certainly up the stakes. That would make it really good. Yeah. I'd watch that show. You should write that fan mm, fiction. I'm not going to. <laughs> Meanwhile, I wonder if someone has. Probably. I might have a little look. Probably. Meanwhile, in Janeway's quarters, um, they look very cozy. Uh, but her and Chakotay, maybe, are like uh, having a full conversation. Janeway reveals that she had suspicions but didn't follow through. Very un-Janeway. Very un-Janeway. Like, if there's a nebula to be plowed, <laughs> she will do it. If that nebula is real or emotional. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I guess the twist was Seven's twist during mm. the heist mm-hmm. and not the friends we made along the way. No. <laughs> um, on the bridge, we get a horrible CGI of the Delta Flyer. Like mm. truly, <laughs> truly something very, an unnecessary exterior of the Delta Flyer that like could have been just a picture. I don't mm. know. Um, <laughs> they're going to get Seven because of course they fucking are. Um they get Seven of Nine in there or whatever. I don't know. The War Queen uh, and Seven have like a tete-a-tete about assimilating this planet. 
Uh, and she's like, be efficient, be, be efficient, which is what this podcast is like sometimes. 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 <laughs> Not today. So yeah. Ash timer. Um, <laughs> Seven gets knocked out and fixed by some Borg or whatever. Meanwhile, people are screaming and she watches a guy get assimilated right in front of her. Mm. And then she helps. That was him. effective, I thought. That was very, yeah. very uh yeah just spooky scary spooky scary very horror very emotionally impactful for, yeah. for seven's character development I he didn't have any wire snippers on him no. otherwise he would have been fine yeah <laughs> um seven helps uh, like a family escape because you know there's a universal translator on the board cube yeah <laughs> ever thought about that uh yeah the universal translator like the transporter works how it needs to <laughs> it's just always there yeah. Um, the Borg Queen is like, there's a vessel getting away. We're going to get them. And then Janeway is like, no. Seven is like, no, you're so mean. Why are you so mean? <laughs> we get another flashback and they're going to go into a nebula or something. I don't know. The Borg are after them or something. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> and they're going to fly to an M-Quest planet because they the cube want them now. On the Delta Flyer, the doctor is, yeah, is like, yeah, Seven wasn't doing great throughout her literal childhood. Mm. Um, so they do go to Borg Town. Um, and the queen is like, Seven, I have a job for you. It's for the humans. Um, and then they like get this hologram of like this hunk in his undies. They're like spinning <laughs> around. They're truly like packaged badonk badonk but like truly um and she's like below average cranial capacity and i'm like same um and they're doing like they're gonna do um they're gonna do a pandemic but for borgs yeah, yeah. um i don't have like a covid19 borg demic yeah a borg demic um she reveals that she is species 125 mm. which i looked up nothing absolutely oh, nothing so that's helpful isn't it um, <laughs> Seven is like you murdered my family and then Borg Queen absolute sleigh boots is like no your family's right here and then her dad shows up mm. and she's like daddy um, Papa? Papa Papa can you hear me <laughs> um, Jane Way uh, gets a little radio transmission into Seven and the wine has hit <laughs> at this point <laughs> on the Delta Flyer the Delta Flyer is flying thank you Sam for that note <laughs> <laughs> They can't detect the vessel, which is silly given how fancy their eyes are. No windows on a board cube, I guess. Yeah. Unhelpful, <laughs> I guess. Um, they're getting there or whatever, um, and they're going to assimilate the... Are they going to, like, assimilate the doctor? That was my question. Ooh, well, they do assimilate technology, mm. and he is sentient technology. So... With 3,000 and late. With... <laughs> A yeah. hollow transmitter. So they should be able to. I don't really know how that would work. With, Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, they beam onto the Borg ship, um, and Seven tries to slap the Borg Queen. <laughs> She's like, "Why I on?" So you're not my real mom. It's so stupid because, like, <laughs> at no point, at no point in the entire history of the character of Seven of Nine has she been like. I want to try and slap yeah. someone to get out of this situation. Like that's this is so... such a good point. I I don't buy it for her. I don't. I, I was saying that I felt like everyone but Seven was out of character. But honestly, like you're right. Has it's she ever weird. like fought her way out of anything? <sighs> Have we watched the episode where she has to fight the Rock yet? No. Okay. That's fun. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you haven't even seen that episode. Like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I'm looking forward to that. That's silly. I didn't like it the first time I watched it, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see enjoy how I that feel. it is camp now. Yeah, yeah, I'll try. Anyway, um Janeway comes in to save her and they have like a whole thing and she's like, Captain, my captain, and they phasers are magic their way out of that room and back to the shuttle, and then they zoom, 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 transport back to Voyager. It's very stressful. Meanwhile, on Voyager, they're just chilling. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, they come through the little hole and then they photon torpedo the hole to stop the Borg ship coming out. And then it all comes out in pieces and they're like, job well done. And they use their little transwarp thing to, to go 20,000 light years for Voyager and they've shaved off 15 years from their journey home. But later, Seven is a girl boss always grinding and Janeway's like, get some sleep, bitch. Bedtime now? When is your bedtime? 
I mean, in reality, midnight Ooh, in aspirational, like <laughs> aspirationally ten thirty. Oh, well, when's your bedtime? Nine thirty. <laughs> okay, <laughs> literally nine thirty. I go up to bed. I brush my teeth. I go to bed. I watch an episode of Once Upon a Time. Um, <laughs> the wildest television show. Yeah, I tried I've, to watch that. I didn't get very it's, far. It's truly heinous. I don't know why I'm. Well, I'm watching it for the acting because it's fantastic. Um, it is, um, I'll say it, it's one of those things that I'm at the point watching it now where I'm like, um, I have to finish it. I'm on season six out of seven. I have to, everyone who is on the show, who is doing anything to do with the show is tired. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they are all exhausted by the endless, like, the perpetual marathon that is being on this television (laughs) show on an ABC Family Network. Um, It's fantastic. It's so good. Um, I would never... I actually would (laughs) recommend that nobody watches it, but you only ever hear things about it. Anyway, that's Once Upon a Time. You can find it on Disney+. Plus. Although, why would you want to? Um... (laughs) She regenerates in Cargo Bay 2 and that's the end of the ep. What a movie. What a movie. Any final thoughts before we get into the So (laughs) many. I cut out a long section here of me talking about I'm also here. Sam is also here. Doesn't it make it, it feels so crazy that you're doing like a little like thing. Wait, should I do like a little like, like, oh wait, no. What are the things like the theramone? Theramon? Okay, so I cut out a big section of me talking here. It will be pasted at the end of the episode if you want to listen to my weird half-baked media analysis of, uh, like, from a queer lens of what, like, some thoughts about the Borg. Wow, this is great. This is great. That's really, that's not throwing me off at all. (laughs) I'm trying to do the the original series theme tune, but I can't remember truly how it goes. Right. So listen to the end if you want to listen to that. Um, Back back to the episode. I I am so good and I'm here to say, Angela Bassett did the thing. Okay. All right. Okay. We're done? We're done. That was so unhelpful. Do you want to do it again? No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Right. Back to the episode. I love, I know it's in a dream, but I love Naomi's yellow pajamas with white piping. Okay. I don't think it's a dream. No, it is. Yeah. Because then Naomi is like repeating to Seven all the questions that she, that Seven asked her dad when she was a kid and then she becomes a Borg drone. Oh. I refer- you just weren't watching that scene. I looked down for my little That scene wine. that I, that you I complained. Said, sip, sip, sip. You complained about me having something to say about that scene and it is now revealed that you didn't watch that scene. <laughs> I had a little sip of my wine and I said, mmm, rosé out of a box. I like Seven's mom's fluffy jumper. Mm. I like seeing Janeway in just the turtleneck undershirt. Yeah. And we need to talk about okay. the jacket. Okay. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I'm going to say this. Our dear sweet Meredith listener, who we are friends with, was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize it was a jacket. I knew it was a jacket from the start. Okay, it was just me who didn't know it was I a just, jacket. When I, when I made the costumes for our artwork, I did them as a one piece so that I wouldn't have to worry about trousers, jackets. It could just be one big piece. It wasn't one piece. It was just a top. Oh, mine was a jumpsuit. Oh, mine was just a top. Anyway, that's that, That's not my interpretation of the situation. So let me just okay. try to clarify for okay. the listeners. Okay, go for it. Go so for it. our dear sweet friend Phoebe, who is also a Meredith. Shout out to her. Shout out to Phoebe. Uh, she basically has been listening to our podcast more... <laughs> More attentively than we have. It's truly, and yeah, but I also feel noted, like it hasn't been three years for her. Yeah, no, she's she's been, she's been she, she was catching up on it. Putting it on recently. 1.5 speed. So the point is, uh, she is aware, as as, I, as am I just about, that we have had a lot of conversations about the fact that some people's V-necks on Voyager are lower than others. Oh, yeah, okay. And we talked about this at a time when maybe, maybe you didn't say or maybe you just didn't realize, I certainly didn't realize that they were jackets that zipped up the front. Yeah. Um. This has been revealed in other episodes. I was never paying enough attention. Yeah. But so Phoebe got in touch to say, actually, that like this is zipped up the front. That's why they're different levels. And uh, and this is an episode where you see Janeway put her jacket on and zip and it up. And zip it up. So apologies to anyone who was annoyed by 
our previous conversations where we didn't know that they were wearing jackets. And thank you to Phoebe for for clarifying that because I can 100% guarantee you that if Phoebe had not said that, I would have watched this episode and not clocked that that was happening at all because Ooh. I obviously have never been paying attention that closely. But also, like, how long is the zip? What do you mean, how long is it? Oh, I, I don't know. I remember our original... Co- oh, I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. I remember our original conversation about it being like, why are the girly pops got their zips all the way down and the men have their zips right Except away Except for Chakotay and... Is it Chakotay and Tom? Two two of Somebody. the men have their have their zips quite low. I know. I uh, love it. <laughs> show us that turtleneck, mama. <laughs> um, yeah, how long, are the, how long are the zips? I don't know. Do they go all the way up? I think they do. The zips go all the way up on <laughs> Voyager. Up. Oh, honey. <laughs> right. You got anything else for wigs? Um, I have lots of things. Oh, um, okay. I'm obsessed with the uh, with Baby Seven's gentle wave in her hair. Mm-hmm. That was very funny mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to me. Um, her house dress, her like pink house dress that she wears, her pajamas, where she's like, "Mommy, Daddy, what are you doing?" Oh yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. very SHVH costumes. Oh yeah, it is. Actually. I was like, I own something just like that. SHVH, Sam Hickman Variety Hour. They know the acronym. They're sick. Is of this me. the first episode we've recorded since the? Oh yeah. yeah, it went wonderfully. Thank you. It was so good. I was tired. I was hungry. I was miserable. <laughs> I, I saw. And you through. put on an incredible show. I. You can't tell how upset I am to be there. Uh, <laughs> no, it was wonderful. Um, Jane was. Is it on your podcast now? Yes. So um, you can you can look up hyperlocal celebrity if you want to uh, yeah. listen to the show. Plug it at the end of the. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, Jane Way's <laughs> smoky eye is very 90s in this app. Mm. Like she has like a full. Yeah, she. Does. I don't know if they've like changed the way that this is filmed because it's like the quality of the mm. film has like increased to the extent at yeah. which I'm like, oh, a smoky eye on Janeway. Yeah, I think it is higher quality. Mm. Um, and also Tom Paris's baby bang is back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it never left, but I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> anyway, um, right. what was the nebula in this episode? Ooh. Stay out of the nebula. The nebula of this episode was uh, the twist in a heist. I'm going to say that the nebula of this episode is the very long, half-baked academic, uh, like, like theorizing that I did earlier that I'm going to have cut out and pasted at the end of this episode. Wow. So if you really want to get lost in your own nebula, listen past the... Um, Listen past the credits. That's a nebula. Credits. The credits. You know, our end credits were like, <laughs> wait, no, what is this? Women Talk About Star Trek Voyager is recorded and produced by Kat Deerfield and Sam Hickman. <laughs> our special thanks to our uh, theme song, uh, Sam Hickman, and our producer, Sam Hickman and Kat Deerfield. <laughs> yep. Right. What would you rate this episode? Um, oh, I would give it like an 8 out of 10. Um, an 8 out of 10. Gosh. Um, 8 out of 10 <laughs> spheres limping home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it 3 out of 5 mindless drones. Oh, are we mindless drones? Yes. Yeah, probably. Sheeple. No thoughts. <laughs> no thoughts. Head empty. Mm. Um, Anything you want to plug? Your book? Yeah, I mean, if yeah, you, you do can do it, do it. Uh, I I have written a book called Gender, Sexuality, and Space Culture. It is in books, the internet, and um, yeah, uh, you can follow us. Wait. I know. All of my I'm sorry, plugs. I was going to do that before you plug. All right, you do your plugs. Um, our friend Rachel Dawson has a book coming out called Neon oh, Roses yes. that you can pre-order at Panado Gay, um, Waterstones, all shelf life. Rep- yeah, all reputable books booksellers. Yeah, you 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 can order it from uh, Panado Gay and Shelf Life are two indie bookstores based in Cardiff. It is a queer coming of age novel set in the 1980s. Uh, Rachel's fantastic. She's I'm our so excited. friend. She's our friend. Friends. Wait, should she be a guest on the pod? <laughs> on this? <laughs> no. She's like, I've, I've never watched this television show. She actively hates science fiction. <laughs> oh, well, there we are. Um, and which I, I yeah, she she's a very good writer though, and I'm very excited for her debut novel. Mm. You should pre-order it if that sounds of interest to you. I, I think you can know. also pre maybe you can yeah. Anyway, you can pre-order it a lot of places. Yeah, I got my pre-order. Um, Me too. <sighs> The Sam Hickman Variety Hour 3, the final in the trilogy of Sam Hickman Variety Hours, is available to listen to on the Hyper Local Celebrity Podcast feed. 
um, find it where you get your podcasts. I have been Sam Hickman. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram. It's been too long. I don't remember how and we do Tumblr at WTASTV. Please follow us on Tumblr. And you can email us at <laughs> shove it up your ass at hotmail.com. Uh, we love you, Meredith. And goodbye. Goodbye. They say in space no one can hear you scream. The star bleeds one hell of a place. But now we've come to the end of our show. Did you survive or will you die in disgrace? So, okay. Okay. I haven't fully thought this through. And no one has. But I I might write something. I've got some time off work. We'll see what happens. Ooh. Um. I think that there is a fucked up reading of the Borg that I'm going to espouse now. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, because obviously they're influenced by perceptions of, like, the communist threat oh, to capitalism. That's yeah, that's a yeah, reading yeah, of the yeah, Borg. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, that's there's a lot of science fiction that's read in that way. Uh, here's what I'm positing. Okay. And it's mainly based on this episode, but then I was also thinking about how it kind of connects to what happens with the Borg and Picard, which I won't talk about in any detail because spoilers for last season of Picard. Uh, which one is that one? Wait, have you watched season two of Picard? Yeah, oh, the I one where they're in Los Angeles. Yeah, okay. Of course you have. Yeah, so what I'll say is I think that you could read some of this as uh, sort of a like the conflict between Ideas of kinship that are focused on reproduction and mm. ideas of kinship that are not focused on so reproduction. So it's Rina chosen family, you would say. I don't know what that means. Rina Sawayama. I'm very old, Sam. Is a pop star. I know. I know that. And Chosen Family is a song that she did. Oh, okay. And it was also covered by our friends, the Songbirds. A const... Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in that choir. I, yeah. We haven't, we haven't done it since I rejoined. You even went to the concert and sung in the concert where they did it. Oh. Well, I didn't sing that song. So. Yeah. You just sat in the audience and didn't pay attention. Oh. Wow. Well, I, I probably do know. That. Anyway, so... <laughs> you are, you are. A lot of my research was about... Uh, it was using queer theory to look at specifically the, the conflict between ideas of kinship that are reproductive and ideas of kinship that are not reproductive. Yeah, yeah. So rather than kind of looking at... The, the normativity of heterosexuality and the non-normativity of queer sexuality. I was looking at like how non-reproductive kinship, which includes lots of things that we perceive as straight, like the relationship between uh, an older parent and their adult child who doesn't have children or uh, versus like reproductive seeming kinship, which is about like the the people who the, the children who may or may not already exist basically it's like it's a very like looking toward the future through the lens of reproduction my grandchildren yes it's very that um i'm doing a very like whistle stop tour of something that i've written a whole book about <laughs> but yeah um, so maybe the audience should have bought that book i Otherwise... got a royalty payment for my book wow I, I i have you know it's like nothing but i'm it's not 12p you know you hear about people getting royalties and they're like you know it's 12 cents so I got you know in the in the double digits wow, <laughs> you got like, 12 pounds I got at least 12 pounds um yes I I was I'm very pleased anyway well um uh what was I saying sorry I knew I was gonna lose my train of thought I'm so tired so I was just gonna say that I think you could read this as like we're obviously not supposed to root for seven rejoining the Borg and I am not rooting for seven to rejoin the Borg but I like to be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so what if we read this as okay. maybe maybe there is some truth in <gasps> what the Borg Queen is saying, because maybe there are some aspects of Seven's life as a liberated, quote unquote, Borg drone that are, you know, like these ideas of individuality are being imposed on her to a certain degree. Yeah. She, I think, should be able to find her own individuality. And I don't agree with the Borg Queen's view that she should just rejoin the Borg because they're perfect. But I do think there's something interesting here in sort of saying like, yeah, to what degree is the idea of individuality that Seven is sort of saying to the Borg Queen is what she prefers, what she has chosen? Yeah. How much of that is just what she's being told she wants? Yeah. And how could we map that onto ideas about family kinship etc etc that are about heteronormativity that are yeah. about conforming to what what is it that uh, that you know the i i'm not actually pro borg but i think there is an interesting way of reading this where it's like yeah it's they are immortal and they are a collective and they are all working together toward a goal that is a kind of family a kind yeah. of community um 
and uh, and maybe there are maybe there are ways of looking at this that are kind of and I and I just think I see the trajectory of the Borg through the series as moving. I think that the title I've got in my head for this thing that I'm probably not going to get around to writing is Assimilating the Borg, which I'm sure someone has already used. But I'm just thinking about the way that... And it's, Wouldn't it be like Resistance is Futile? <laughs> resistance is Futile. Oh, honey. Uh, the So people have criticized what happens with the Borg in Picard Season 2. I won't spoil it, but something happens with the Borg in Picard Season 2. Wait, what happens in the Borg Picard Season 2? I know I watched it. <laughs> okay, I guess I will just say that the Borg is Spoiler. The, Vo- the Borg change in season two of Picard. What do they get up to? There's a... <laughs> you watched it. I'm not... I, did, I did watch it. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I was too busy like, do these two know each other? I'm just going to say this and then we'll move on. I think that there there could be... I think I'm, I might make an argument that there's been a... That like at least it's a choice. Well, no. I, I, I mean, yes. But also like... I'm thinking stepping away from the narrative into just like what has been written, like looking at it as as a text like that has been written uh... in our in our world. I think that they have moved the Borg into a direction that could be read as it being subsumed into heteronormative ideals. Oh. <laughs> I think this is a wild argument. Yeah. And I'm not, I, I'm just like, you know, I'm not actually saying that we should all be Borg, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just cooking up, I'm just cooking up some, some silliness. I'm cooking up some, some academic nonsense in my head. And I thought I'd premiere it half-baked on this podcast. Thank you for listening. Wait, I'm 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 lost. Where is the benefit of the of the Borg collect like joining the Borg? Well, I think that you could read it as okay. a like you could read it as a chosen family thing. It's not a choice. So yeah. I think it's I don't think that that's the right argument. But I mean there but... is like regular family. Yes. Yeah, no, I think I think there's definitely a lot of stuff I haven't worked out. Yeah, <laughs> that's argument. just like there's a there's a big hole in the center I'm of this board cube. Specifically about the conversation that happens right before Janeway comes in, mm. where it's like, what is it that Seven is getting from these two different ideas of family? Yeah, and I just think it's I I don't I think that you can I I think that you can read that in a lot of ways, and I I'm choosing to read it in a sort of aggressive way, <laughs> where I'm like. Maybe what we're seeing with the Borg is like a nightmare vision of like the gay agenda. It's like they're not they don't. There's all this like repeated question of do the Borg have kids? And they like we know that they sort of do. And they sort of like that's that's kind of been changed in canon. They have the soup, the soup cans. Yeah. Yeah. But but they they don't. Their their primary method of reproduction is not. Yeah. Is not fucking and sucking. (laughs) Um, and I think that repeated question in the in the episode is probably what got me thinking about this because they they don't reproduce by having children they reproduce by assimilating people which mm. are beings which is you know it speaks to like conservative paranoid fantasies about queer people recruiting yeah I but I think there might be like a there might be a like a, a sort of I don't know what the word I'm trying to use here is. Sometimes I find it fun to do like a, what if we did look at this in a negative way, but made it fun and queer kind of like, that's a lot of my academic approach is like, maybe this is a negative thing. Like, like what I was just saying about it maps onto paranoid fantasies about like the gay agenda, quote unquote. Yeah. But what if we looked at that and and said like in a sort of like stroppy way like well what if what if it was yeah (laughs) then what and then and then we follow that to a completely absurd conclusion that's that's what queer theory means to me wow that's beautiful (laughs) anyway i i'm not none of this is fully formed but i'm gonna make you let me edit this so that it stays in (laughs) okay (laughs) not that you would cut it out if i asked you to keep it in but well, I'm just glad that I don't have to edit this episode. <laughs> I, it's been a long week for me. Oh, I'm not editing any of that. People can take it as it comes. Oh, okay. <laughs> you sure? I'll put it at the end. Okay. People can skip it. This is the end. Anyway. Um, Wigs. 